When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour of Clay and Buck kicks off right now and the New York Times with a Big report from over the weekend. Here's the headline. Sweeping raids, giant camps, and mass deportations inside Trump's 2025 immigration plan. Now, this is interesting when you break down the various pieces of this Trump immigration policy. As I have been saying to you, as we have been discussing with you here on this show, uh, for, well, really the whole time we've been on the show. The Biden border is the most wide open and the most lawless and, uh, reckless border policy that we have ever seen. Um, we also recognize that the cartels are becoming as rich from human trafficking as they are from the drug smuggling of opioids that are killing around a hundred thousand Americans a year at this point. So this is a massive problem, not to mention there's also the high likelihood that if any terrorist group wanted to infiltrate the United States across the southern border, they would have almost no difficulty in doing so. And that then brings us to what can be done about this. The Democrats will do nothing other than continue the status quo with even more resources to more rapidly process the people illegally entering. Now, Donald Trump, if he were to win and become president, has a very different plan, Clay. And this goes to not only changing the incentive structures that are in place for people to cross into the U.S. illegally, but the entire immigration system all of a sudden would be rule of law based, which seems like a shock. He would. This is all according to the New York Times. Scour the country for unauthorized immigrants. Deport people by the millions per year to help speed mass deportations. Mr. Trump is preparing an enormous expansion 
of a form of removal that does not require due process hearings. He would reassign other federal agents and deputize local police and National Guard voluntarily contributed by Republican states. So the state of Texas wants to help out. State of Texas resources will be used for this process. He wants to build huge camps to detain people while their cases are processed and they await deportation. No more catch and release into the U.S. never to be seen again. He would, if necessary, Clay, to get around a refusal by Congress, redirect money in the military budget toward this process and do so using his authority as commander-in-chief. And he would follow, quote, the Eisenhower model, which was the largest domestic deportation operation in American history back in 1954. Uh, and Oh, also end birthright. Citizenship, Clay. That's the key. That's the key to me. Um, and I'm trying to make sure we get all the made. That's, that's a big one. Um, foreign students who participate in anti-Israel or pro-Palestinian protests would have their visas canceled, uh, ending birthright citizenship. Okay. Those are the main points. Clay, this would be a mat. I mean, the, the biggest change in immigration policy we've seen in this country in our lifetimes. I, I just focus for a long time on incentives because that's really all you can kind of analyze. And the incentives in America are broken in terms of trying to stop illegal immigration. There are two primary incentives, and I think this is important to hammer home time after time. One is there are far more jobs that are high paying here in the United States than there are in any of the countries that the people are trying to enter from. It's very difficult to stop that incentive from existing. It just is. Second one, though, birthright citizenship must end. And I've heard Vivek speak out aggressively on this. It's important to just have this debate and this conversation. There is no reasonable, rational process by which we should allow you to become a citizen solely based on being born in the United States. Uh, That is so-called right of soil citizenship. If your parents are citizens, you should be a citizen. That's, uh, I, I think, without dispute, no matter where you're born around the world. But you shouldn't be able to become a United States citizen just because somebody sneaks into the country and is illegally here and has a baby. Um, and we have to end it. And uh, the, the camps and all those other things, I think that's going to be very hard uh, to, uh, to implement, uh, ra- to speaking rationally. And remember, Trump would only have four years to do all of this. I think it's an important battle to fight, uh, but I think birthright citizenship is the one that it's supremely important to win. And ultimately, Buck, that would go all the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court would have to analyze whether right of soil citizenship should exist and is, in fact, United States law or not. Um, it's, it's, in my opinion, not. And that is a, uh, that is one of the two major incentives that we could address. What about the, deportation of massive numbers of people, the deputizing of state and local law enforcement that's willing to help in that process, and uh, the immediate removal of individuals using whatever authorities the president has under executive authority so that they're either put in a camp to wait deportation or deported as soon as they cross the border illegally. I like the concept. I think in practice it would be very difficult to implement. Tell me more. Why? I think getting, uh, so first of all, you're gonna, let's say that we know that there are 20 million illegals here, right? Let's say that's the number, and that might be low. 
do you know how many plane flights it would take to get 20 million illegals deported out of the United States? Most of these people would have to be flown somewhere. I don't know that we have the capacity to even move that number of people out of the United States. Um, well, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be 20 million in a year, obviously, but what about even what over, about, even over four years? Just do the math on it. I'm not sure that we have the, uh, the capacity to, I mean, just think, I mean, a, a, a well, standard plane could put what, 250 people on it? Well, to, to get to, yeah, I mean, it, it would, it would obviously this would be a, a large scale process. That's why they brought up the Eisenhower deportation proceedings back in the 50 or the deportation plan. Yeah. How many did they deport which, then? Uh, I have, I'd have to look it up. Hundreds but of thousands. I, but, I think, I think it might have gotten over a million. Um, but the, the, the issue here, Clay, would become, first of all, in, in any given year, I mean, if you look at like the Obama years, they're deporting, uh, in the, in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. Right. So that's not, that's not that, uh, that's not that strange. Um, and to the point about incentives, if you talk about birthright citizenship, that's obviously a big change and should be a big change. You should not be able to play this game of, I came to the U.S. illegally. I had a child here. I violated the law, but now that's a citizen. Yes. Um, and we know this because there are people who are criminally prosecuted for operating, you know, operations. And this is more in the context of, of, uh, Asian birth tourism to the U.S., uh, specifically from China. Um, you're not allowed to do that. Well, why aren't you allowed to do that if that's not a problem, right? Well, clearly there's an issue here. Uh, but I, I think if you start to dramatically increase the number of deportations, that also very much changes the calculation for people coming here illegally because right now if you if you get into the country it's like a 90 some odd percent chance you're going to get to stay yeah and so if it's a nine out of ten shot that if you can just get here you can stay you're going to have endless amounts of people who come you have to create a reality where there's rule of law and the deportation numbers are high enough that people say i might go through all this and then decide then decide that, uh, or I might get sent back. And Clay, some of the migrants, this was in New York City. They showed up to Floyd Bennett Field, which has been turned into a $20 million migrant facility. They refused to go into this facility. They yeah. say this facility isn't nice enough. Yeah. And this just goes, and, and others are saying the American dream is dead. New York Post was doing some reporting on this. If you're an asylum seeker, it's supposed to be, please, please take me, America, because if you don't, I'm going to be imprisoned, tortured, and killed for my race, my religion, my political belief, something like that. And what we see with these individuals who are like, wait a second, I thought I was getting a four-star hotel in Midtown Manhattan paid for by the taxpayer and getting a job permit and getting free food and free health care and free housing is they're here because it's a giant welfare state. They're here because they can skip the immigration process. They're not actually asylum seekers. Not not only that, in, and this is why I come back to incentives. Do you remember when we talked about they were taking over the Brooklyn Park and they had, uh, they were putting all of these people in this facility. They had access to a swimming pool. They had Wi-Fi. They had, uh, every meal and they were able to go work and everything else. If I told you right now and you're out there listening and it's summer, right? When the weather's better in New York City, Hey, you're going to get to stay in New York City. You're going to get to have access to a pool. You're going to have Wi-Fi and all of your meals are going to be covered and you may be able to stay in a three or four star hotel. That sounds like to almost everybody out there listening an incredible summer family vacation. And, um, and that's people who are already living in America and conceivably have the ability to live with American uh, values already, American wealth. In other words, you're not stunned when you walk into a Walmart and all the things that you can purchase. 
Imagine when you got a telephone call from your friend who went north and you're stuck in Venezuela and he says, hey, man, uh, you know, I can look out my window and see the downtown uh, New York City skyline. I took the kids over to walk around uh, uh, Times Square. We've got Wi-Fi. I'm calling you right now. FaceTime. I'm making 20x what I was making in Venezuela. They're feeding us three square meals. Uh, my kids can even go to a swimming pool. How would you not think, if you got that call, that America was the land of milk and honey? And if you could leave Venezuela, you would. And this is why I, I, I said this on Hannity the other night. Just take it outside of America. How many of our listeners right now, if you were told, hey, if you go walk across into Canada, you can make 40x whatever you're making in America right now, and uh, and you will be taken care of three square meals, uh, you'll be able to stay in a four-star hotel while you get your family life in order. I mean, Buck, there are tons of people out there listening to us right now that will relocate to make ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars more a year for their jobs to a new state, to a new city. If you could 40x your salary by crossing into our northern uh, neighbor there, Canada, tens of millions of Americans would do that. So the incentive structure is a challenge because our lifestyle is so much better than the lifestyle of the people that are coming here. And this is why you need to send people back in large enough numbers that more people don't just keep coming and coming illegally. This isn't even talking about the million people a year who come in through the legal process, whether it's, uh, you know, green card holders, U.S. citizens, etc. Um, we take in a large number of people through the legal immigration process. This is just all dealing with the illegal immigration yes. process uh, and the way that the system is being abused. And I think that the more people understand that a a program set up out of the g- kindness and generosity of the American spirit to allow people to escape genocidal regimes. I mean, when you're really talking about asylum, that's what, you know, you know, I, I, I'm escaping the Khmer Rouge. Please, you know, I'm a Cambodian refugee. Please take me in. Otherwise, me and my family are dead. Right. That's what asylum is for. Asylum is not, I'm from, you know, Latin America or I'm from West Africa or I'm from Southeast Asia or whatever, and I want to be in America because you have a better economy and I have a better future. That's the immigration process. As in, you should apply to be an American immigrant, and there are a lot of people that want that, and unfortunately, we can't take everybody. And the other part of this that's so huge is the number of people that are coming across our southern border. It used to be, Buck, a lot of people from Mexico, you come across seasonally, you get a job, you go back home. Now people are coming from so far away. They're here forever. They're not going to go back to Mexico. They're not here for. You know, the seasonal purposes you know, over, they're, or for they're a not few from years. Mexico. I mean, very, very few oh, of them yes, are from correct. Mexico. They're from, yes. they're from Thailand. They're from Pakistan. They're from, uh, the Ivory Coast. I mean, they're from all over the world. Yes. So the idea of them ever going back voluntarily is virtually non-existent. Uh, you want an early Black Friday deal? How about, uh, we get all hooked up right now with a little bit more testosterone in our life? You know that your grandfather had Way more testosterone than you probably do right now. Your great grandfather, in fact, 50% down in terms of the overall impact. That is what chalk has been able to do. And look, if you want more stamina and drive in your day, that's why the chalk male vitality stack exists. It includes a leading ingredient 
that replenishes diminished amounts of testosterone in a man's body. Studies show this single ingredient can increase testosterone by 20% in just three months. Why not make it part of your everyday routine? You'll start to feel a resurgence of energy over the course of time as your testosterone levels increase. You can find Chalk's products online at chalk.com. That's spelled with a Q. C-H-O-Q dot com. 35% off any Chalk subscription for life when you use my name, Clay, as you make your purchase. Again, these are subscriptions for life. C-H-O-Q dot com. My name, Clay. 35% off for life. Chalk.com slash Clay. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less. Every time you play, you pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on Prize Picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the prize picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less, it's that easy. On this program, Clay and I are here to help you cut through the noise, the ulterior motives, to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you. That's what our colleague Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark worked on Wall Street for 50 years. Across those decades, he invented three new indices for the NASDAQ and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Mark says the majority of Americans are... Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We're going to be joined by Vivek Ramaswamy here in a bit at the bottom of the hour to talk the latest in his presidential campaign and what he thinks about Senator Tim Scott stepping down uh, but we talked with Julie Kelly earlier, and this is really strange. There now is a new talking point. It's that if Trump is elected to a second term, 
He's going to prosecute people he disagrees with politically. And the fact that this doesn't register on the left, that that's exactly what they're doing to Trump now, and he's just returning fire at their decision-making, and that they're not even hardly asked about this. Here's former White House spokesperson Jen Psaki. I bet none of you thought you would miss her. Well, you do, because Karine Jean-Pierre is probably the worst White House spokesperson of all, all time. But here she is saying... Trump's going to prosecute people he does that he deems to be political enemies. Listen, guess what? Joe Biden isn't perfect. No candidate is, by the way. But we have to understand what the alternative is here. If elected to a second term, Donald Trump would prosecute anyone he deems an enemy, unleash troops on protesters and essentially unravel the rule of law as we know it. And this time he plans to line his administration with people who will actually help him do it. But sure, Joe Biden is three years older and occasionally trips over things. Look. There's a lot to be concerned about right now when it comes to a second Trump term. The speeches are getting much more disturbing and much more unhinged, and we should all hear it that way. Do you think Jen Psaki Buck is just not smart enough to recognize that what Trump is saying he would do is a response to what Biden is already doing? Because I don't even see how you could make that argument and not have your brain just exploding with the stupidity. No, they 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 uh, fully embrace the cognitive dissonance because the weaponization of law enforcement against Trump or of the judiciary against Trump is is necessary and justified in their minds, right? So they they don't think that it's not that they're unaware that they're doing it. It's that Trump is a monster, so you have to do whatever you can to stop the monster um, because of all those things she, that she just said. Like they view it as they have the ability and the power to do this, and so therefore they should and they will. And they don't really care about what the optics are. The part of it, though, for me that that is also an open question is if someone like a Jen Psaki or there's and Joe Scarborough show in the morning. There's so many of these these liberal talking heads. Are they so emotionally unstable and and just just absurd that they really believe this stuff? I mean, Trump has already been president for four years, and we had like uh, prosperity, freedom, yes. it was great until COVID came along, and then we had COVID, and then the lunatics for COVID were the left. So this time around, it's going to be it's going to be hell. They told us it was fascism last time, and actually, it was a booming stock market and record low unemployment and peace. So it's kind of a tough one. That's why I think the argument is going to be so much harder for Biden to make in the event that he is the guy, and that's what all the data is reflecting. If you look at these polls, I'm already starting to think, Buck. Can you imagine the reaction if Trump wins? Yeah. If you're invested in AI stocks this year, you should make yourself available tomorrow night for some valuable research. Comes from my dad, of all people, who's a man who's made his living making keen observations on the behavior of the stock market. My dad is Mason Sexton. He called the 1987 stock market crash and went on to make a number of very accurate predictions. Those who have listened to his predictions have been richly rewarded recently. Now my dad is coming forward with the latest prediction of his year. It's his latest insight, and it's a smart observation backed up by a lot of research. His second insight this year is what's being made available this week. It'll catch even the most sophisticated investors by surprise. Tomorrow, Tuesday, he's sharing all the details in an online event, including why the next six months could make or break your portfolio. Look, I've been following my dad's research for decades now, and this is a guy you want to listen to. Register online today and catch his words tomorrow night. Go to thesecondinsight2023.com to sign up for free. That's the second insight2023.com, paid for by New Paradigm Research. Welcome back in, everybody, to Clay and Buck. We're joined by presidential candidate Vivek 
Ramaswamy. You all know Vivek. Vivek, thanks for calling in. Ben? You there, sir? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, now we can. All right, so let's start with this one, Vivek. We just had the debate, and uh, you you had some of the most memorable moments. We talked about it here on the show. Haven't seen a lot of movement in the polls. Tim Scott just dropped out. What is your pathway to victory? What do you say to those who are telling you at this point, it's just not going to happen, the numbers aren't there? Well, I think the numbers could be there. I'm not, a, I'm not some horse race analyst. I'm a guy who's here to speak the truth. Do it in an unapologetic way, and I think the ideas that I'm offering in this campaign, the vision that I'm offering, I don't think any other candidates bring into the table. Two America First candidates in the race. I think it will be an America First nominee for sure. Obviously, that's Donald Trump and myself. But I am from the next generation. I have fresh legs, and I think it's, we live in a moment where it's going to take an America First leader from that next generation to move this country forward. And unlike the other professional politicians in this race who have been known quantities for years, you know, for most people in this country, they had no idea who I was six months ago. So I'm patient on this. It's going to be a longer sales cycle, okay? But I think that that's something that I believe belongs to the voters. And as they get to know me, they'll be able to I think, make a choice between a lot of everyone on that candidate on that stage. There's one that was not like the others. That was me. And I think it's going to take time and comfort for people to develop to say that, you know, somebody 38 years old being the next president of the United States. That's a little out of the box. People are intrigued by it. But Thomas Jefferson was 33 years old when he wrote the Declaration of Independence. That's the kind of country we are. And I do think we live in a moment where we need to revive the ideals the nation itself was founded on. I think we can. And I'm the candidate who I think is going to be best positioned to do it. We're talking to Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, memorably on Wednesday night, he was called scum, uh, by Nikki Haley. And you've spun that in your favor. I believe you are now selling rebel scum t-shirts, which is very funny. I give credit to your team for, uh, for that. I bet you've sold quite a few of them. Um, yes. you've since gone after Nikki Haley, uh, quite a lot. I've watched some of those clips and, um, where do you think, a couple of parts here, where do you think the animus from Nikki Haley comes? Because it feels like she's gone after you way more aggressively than you've gone after her. And second part of that. It looks a little vote? personal, Vivek, just yeah, to throw that feels, out there. It looks it a little personal to personal. Uh Would you vote for Nikki Haley if she were the nominee for the Republican Party? She's not going to be the nominee, and she should come nowhere between anywhere within spitting distance of the White House. And I'll tell you why. I've been the biggest critic of the Biden administration. I'm the only Republican, I think, that's had the courage to speak the hard truth on this, which is that the Biden administration sold off our foreign policy to make their family rich. That's the hard truth. We would not be sending money in the way we are if Hunter Biden had not gotten a bribe from Ukraine. But the problem with Nikki Haley is she's just a Republican version of the same, where the woman who claims to be an accountant left the U.N. swimming in personal debt then becomes a military contractor, then joins the board of Boeing, then gives secretive speeches, now is collecting stock options from companies literally in the middle of a presidential campaign. I don't think that's ever happened in U.S. history, to my knowledge. And just like Biden, is a multimillionaire. So the World War III than we've ever been. And these people are going to march us there, the Bidens, the Haley's, the Dick Cheney 2.0s, the neocons that pervade both parties, it is an ideological and generational difference and divide. And she represents everything, in my view, that's wrong with American politics. And she comes near the white. I don't care if she has an R after her name or not. 
So would wow. you vote for her if she were the nominee then? I think if, I think I will be a failed American if I'm running for U.S. president and this individual comes anywhere near becoming the nominee. It's not going to happen. And I think that the American people seeing the truth, I think, need to actually be crystal clear about making sure that just because you get Hillary Clinton, if she called Republican, I don't think that that would cause me to vote for Hillary Clinton. Why do you think she dislikes you so much? Because it does seem personal, like the way that she's gone after you. I mean, you raised the point that her daughter is on TikTok. Her daughter's grown. Um, and she was, I mean, she, this is not acting, right? She seems to genuinely not like you. Where do you think that comes from? <laughs> I think it comes from a deep-seated uh, envy of sorts, actually. I mean, there's a woman who's never made an honest dime in the private sector, but clearly aspires to be wealthy, and sees me as, I think, a young buck who has not, uh, I didn't mean that in, in, in the, the buck sense of buck. I, I get you, I get you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a, a young buck who, you know, I think hasn't put in the, the kind of, earned the kind of stripes that someone like her has. You know, funny story, the first time we met was actually her reaching out to me years ago when I was writing Woke Inc. Actually, Buck, this is when you and I first met is in the in the prelude. Oh, we did that awesome event up in Milwaukee for like 1,500 people. That was great. That was awesome, right. So this is, I think, actually, if I'm remembering right, before the book came out or it was in the run-up to the book coming out, and she reaches out spontaneously because I was starting to begin to get attention as a CEO who was pointing out the perils of corporate wokeness long before people knew what that word was. And, and there was something striking about it. I mean, she was, it was a very calculating move, right? This guy could be a player. I want to be the first person probably to reach out to make sure I'm getting him on my side. She ends up blurbing the back of the book. So this is somebody who for her entire career has proven she will do literally. And you can look at the full extent of her past in South Carolina. She will do literally whatever is required to get ahead. And I think scratching the backs of companies for special favors. Boeing got her, their back scratched by her. She ends up joining the board of Boeing afterwards, rides on private random pharmaceutical company, and then ends up doing special state contracts for them and, and other details, which I will leave it to others to look up that are outside the financial realm. But somebody who will literally do anything to get ahead for another unit of control and her reach out to me years ago and establishing contact when I early began to be a rising star, was just another example of that. But to her now to say that out of turn to challenge her path to power, I think that, that she does take that very personally. But, you know, frankly, even in this conversation, I think we've spent too much airtime on somebody who is really just another manifestation of a modern Dick Cheney that has no place in the modern Republican Party or should. Well, I can tell you, Vivek, since... This country. Yeah, since that last debate, a lot of people have been wondering what uh, what your your and her true feelings are about uh, each other in this race. So we appreciate that you've at least uh, had your say on this one. Um, and, and I did want to ask, you know, we spoke to uh, former President Trump last week, Clay and I, for an hour here on the air. And he seemed um, fired up for the fight ahead and unfazed by all the legal challenges against him. And, you know, I, I think that there's we've been talking about second choice candidates for different people and and you know where the support uh, ebbs and flows for different candidates a lot of trump people like you a lot and a lot of people that maybe even you're their first choice would say well trump is my second choice what do you say to anybody who says that this just isn't your time let trump finish the race you can help him and then you can be in a position for the next round 
Look, I think that decision belongs to the voters of this country. I mean, I respect Donald Trump immensely, and he and I have a good relationship of mutual respect. He was an excellent president, and the reason he's polling so well right now is he kept us out of World War III, and he grew the economy. So I've, unlike the other candidates, and actually, guys, this is actually one that, that's kind of funny to me, is every other candidate, from Nikki to Ron to otherwise, licked his boot for some special favors for years, usually money or endorsements or both. And now is Monday morning quarterbacking him on some small thing that he didn't do perfectly. By contrast, I've not licked Trump's boot for years. Even in that Woking book tour, I sat down at dinner with him. But I've I've never sucked up to the guy before, but I stand actually for his record now when everybody else is after him. Not because it's in my self-interest in this race to do it. It'd be easier for me if he was eliminated from competition, but it's the right thing to do. Him, there's two America First candidates, but I think the voters deserve to get the choice they have, which is, do you want the prior generation of it, or do you want the next generation of it? And I think I have fresh legs. I'm able to reach the next generation and the new generation. So I can't offer what Trump does, which is to say experience. He's you know done it before. That's tried and true. And if that's what people want to go with, then he's going to be the nominee. I think we uh, he dropped there for a there. People yeah, are I think... lost, and do we want to reach him? Uh, Vivek, last question for you. Um, I, I presume that you're going to be on the stage in December. Uh, do you think yep. anybody else should drop out in your mind? Tim Scott is out. I saw you had nice words about him. I know it seemed that you guys got along and had a decent rapport uh, you're, you're on the stage. For the debate stage. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Do you think you're going to qualify for the debate stage in December? Um, and do you think anybody else should yeah. drop out? I heard him say he's already qualified, but I think we I think we've had a bad cell connection here. I don't know. Maybe Nikki Haley's people are sabotaging the cell towers or something. Something crazy's happening. She called Boeing. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll come back. We'll let you all react. We appreciate Vivek, uh, hanging out with us. A lot of interesting things that he said. We'll let you weigh in as well. Can I also say we will reach out to, cause he, he was taking some swings there. We will reach yeah. out to the Nikki Haley's campaign. We'll bring her on the show, let her respond to everything that he said and also make her case for why she should be the nominee. We are open forum for all Republican candidates here who are still in the mix. So we'll put out the call to Nikki Haley's team and see if she comes on because uh, Vivek was not holding back, Clay. He brought the hacksaw Jim Duggan 2 by 4 old school WWE, uh, then WWF fans will certainly remember that. So uh, we will take some of your calls. We'll close up the shop there uh, in the next segment, and I think uh, there probably will be a lot of reaction to that um, uh, commentary. But I want to tell you, every year uh, more of us pledge to save more, spend less, but that's hard to do when you're paying inflated prices for everyday essentials like gas and groceries. Thanks to Money Back Life Hack, you can get cash back now with Upside. This is an incredible app for anyone out there buys gas, groceries, or dines out. It'll save you money on the items you buy. To get started, download the free Upside app, use our promo code Clay and Buck, and get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. And then you can also claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Pay as usual with a credit or debit card, following the steps in the app, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more with Upside. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app. Use promo code Clay and Buck to get an extra 25 cents back for every gallon on your first tank of gas. Again, app to download Upside. Once you do, use our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. By the way, Vivek has called us back. We'll finish up the show with him. Download the app Upside app today. Need a break from politics? 
A little comedy to counter the craziness? So do we. The Sunday Hang. A weekend podcast to lighten things up a bit. Find it in the Clay and Buck podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. On this program, Clay and I are here to help you cut through the noise, the ulterior motives, to uncover the truths that no one else is going to tell you. That's what our colleague Mark Chaikin does, but for the U.S. stock market. Mark worked on Wall Street for 50 years. Across those decades, he invented three new indices for the NASDAQ and has predicted some of the biggest market shifts of the past decade, including the recent mania in AI stocks. Mark says the majority of Americans are born from the tragedy of 9-11. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Vivek Ramaswamy with us now. Better line. Going to finish out the program. Vivek, when we uh, finished the last segment, I was asking if you'd be on the stage for the fourth debate, whether you've qualified and have you had any conversations with Ronna McDaniel uh, since you asked her to go ahead and resign over what you considered to be a failed RNC leadership? So I have qualified for the fourth debate, and I will be on there in uh, early December. I think I'll be similarly uh, unrestrained both on that debate stage and for the rest of this race, because I think that kind of honesty is what's required in our country. Uh, Ron and I have not spoken directly it is uh, interesting. I've seen her on the national press, though, and I think she's in many ways proven my point in the aftermath of me calling on her to resign just for some shred of accountability in our party. Since she took over in 2017, we lost in 2018, 2020, 2022, and 2023 all disastrous results for Republicans. So, yeah, I do think there should be some accountability, but she uh, 
you know, reportedly that night at the debate on press reports, people in the rows sitting near her say she was booing while I was speaking at other parts of the debate. Interesting thing for an RNC chairwoman to be doing. Uh, said that I would not get another cent from the RNC. Like somebody treating it like it's their own money proves the point that it's their corruption of the institution. It's like a uh, squatter in a rent-controlled apartment that starts to bear the illusion that they own the place. So what that situation reminds me of. I think she went on Fox and flat out said on national television that I voted for Obama. Dead false. Never done it in my life, of course. And yet you have the chairwoman of the RNC saying that about a candidate actively in a race. So I think since then she's done an outstanding job of continuing to prove my point, saying that they weren't involved in the state races, that Virginia didn't want their money. Virginia GOP contradicted that instantly, said she didn't play in the state races. It's now come out that she was involved in the Kentucky races and the RNC was. So uh, we haven't short answers. We haven't spoken directly, but in the in the uh, barbs she's been trying to issue in the media, I think she's been scoring a lot of own goals and proving the point that it's time for new leadership at the RNC. Vivek, uh, you said up on the debate stage that you, uh, and I, I don't want to misquote you, but basically it's not going to be Biden that whoever wins up here is facing off against. I will say, just for the purpose of clarity, I disagree with you on this point, but I want to know why you're so confident. Clay agrees with you, just so you know. We have so, a stake you know, bad over you this. Got, Vivek. You got uh, Clay in your corner for whatever for whatever that's worth, but I'm on the other side of this one. I'm, I'm in the other corner. Um, why are you confident that it won't be Biden? And more importantly than that, I, actually, you know what? Skip that. We all know why he's falling around. He's too old, all that. But what happens if it's not Biden? What do you think happens? I mean, you're in yeah, this well, race, so you've got to be looking a few steps down. Yeah, the part of the reason that part of the reason I have a strong instinct about this is, you know, that documents case against Biden. You don't hear a ton about it. That probe on Hunter Biden. You don't hear a ton about it. They purposefully kept that in purgatory in sort of a middle halfway position such that if he doesn't get out of the way when the managerial class and the deep state and the puppet masters of both parties, including the DNC, want him to get out of the way, that's when they pull those levers. And they're perfectly primed to do it because they can say, oh, now we're just applying it in a bipartisan manner because we did it to Trump. When the reality is it had nothing to do with the Republicans and Democrats and everything to do with the shadow government, the deep state, deciding who actually was going to be the convenient puppet they were going to be advancing. And so the reality is, I think the way they see it is they're going to wait for the Trump trials to really get underway and then swap out Biden for the person, likely Gavin Newsom, if not somebody else, it's going to be like him, that they slip into that spot. And I just think the country would be better served if they were stepped up and were honest about it. So I'll call out the RNC. I'll call out the Democrats. I'll call out the media. It's the truth 360 degrees around. And that one is my honest instinct of what's going to happen. Last question for you. Appreciate you making the time today. You've been 100% right on something Buck and I have been hammering for a while, too. The Nashville Manifesto, the trans shooter, that it needs to be 100% released. We saw a few pages of it. There is a desperate fight to prevent that from being released to the American public. What should happen? Why do you think it's being covered up? Release it, period. We the people can handle the truth. We've been lied to from the premise of the war in Iraq to the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that never was. That's why I called Kristen Welker on stage on NBC. I called her out on it. They pushed that for years. We need accountability for that. The Hunter Biden laptop story that was real, the origin of COVID-19, how many federal agents were in the field on January 6th. Just tell us the truth, even when it's ugly. We deserve the truth. That's how we rebuild trust in this country. I went to Nashville personally in early August when the Republican governor called a special legislative session to pass anti-gun measures. 
you have no right to pass additional laws without the pro- using this as a catalyst to do it without releasing to the public the truth of what actually happened here. When an airplane crashes, you recover the black box because you want to make sure something like that never happens again. But when it's a transgender shooter shooting up six people in a Christian school, somehow that's the basis for hiding it. We should Vivek Ramaswamy, everybody. Vivek, we got to leave it there, my friends. It's the end of the show. Thanks for being here with us. Team, we'll talk to you tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.